The Zamzo's Garden Show is sponsored by Zamzo's. The views, opinions, and advice offered by the show's hosts do not necessarily reflect those of KBOI or its parent company, Cumulus Media. KBOI makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information expressed and shall not be responsible or liable for any claims arising out of the use of or reliance upon any such information. What kind of seeds are you sowing? Why is it so green where you're from? It must be Zamzo's growing in your yard, garden, or barn. You've done it right, you see it. Got the help that you need it. Zamzo's really makes you want to come home. I'm coming home. Cause nobody knows. Like Zamzo's. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk KBOI. To be a part of the show, call now, 1-800-529-KBOI or 336-3700. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on the Big 670 KBOI. How's it going, everybody? This is the Zamzo's Garden Show, and I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. This week, we are coming to you not live. We are doing a pre-recorded show, uh, so I apologize for not being here in studio, but we will be back shortly, probably within the next week. And uh, so we're not taking any questions today, uh, but we do have a special guest in studio. Uh, we've done a number of shows together, and uh, always excited to get the chance to sit down and talk with uh, Mr. Joss Sam. So, Joss, how's it going? I'm really good this morning. Thanks for having me on. That's awesome. I appreciate you coming in. And we're going to talk about um, a, a, an, an important topic, something I think we've been uh, thinking about a lot internally here at Zamzos for a while. But, I, uh, you know, over the last uh, few years, I think it's it's a topic that's come more and more to the forefront. I think it's really something that is on a lot more people's minds and uh, that is the topic of water conservation and particularly not well not just when it comes to lawns but uh, lawns are a big part of it and uh, it kind of will go into a lot of other uh, situations as well but we're primarily going to talk about water conservation and lawns and uh, like I said this is something that's uh, becoming more and more uh, just at the forefront. A lot of people are talking about it. Um, we've had instances of wells running dry throughout the valley. We had uh, tremendous heat last year uh, or in years past. And uh, it's it, with the number of people coming to the Treasure Valley, and, and who can blame them? It's a beautiful place. Uh, it's probably something that we'll have to continue talking about and uh, something that could potentially get worse over the years. Uh, and what do you, what are you kind of seeing and, and when you talk to folks, Joss? Well, I can, I can tell you, I, there's a, there's a lot of misinformation, yeah. uh, about the, this current drought situation that's out there and, and a lot of frustration, uh, that people don't understand. And, and I live in Canning County where, where a, a huge percentage of the people are on pressurized irrigation. Yeah, we're not, thing. we're not using city water, but, but, uh, as soon as, uh, the announcement comes out that they're not going to have a, a long season, immediately people are, you know, uh, demanding refunds you yeah. know and, and that type of stuff and and the thing a lot of people don't understand is when you pay your fee what what you're paying for is access 
to to water and yeah. and the, the irrigation districts don't actually own an inventory of water you know mother nature owns the water <laughs> yes. and decides how much right. we're going to have access to and and all the irrigation districts do is deliver what they have access right. to and and so they're not restricting it this year because of any kind of selfish reasons or profit motive there right. just is no water there right and i think the, that's an important just thing to remember it's we're not buying water we're buying access to the water and we have to be good stewards of that water um, right. it's it's on all of us to make sure that we there's enough to go around and it's something that impacts a huge industry uh, of Idaho like it's vitally important that right. the farmers and the the ranchers and all those folks have access to water uh, when they need it and right. uh, in, in and our lawns are things that we care about and we want to take care of and so we have to just do our part when it comes to taking care of that and so. I, I I can tell you that the other the other thing that shocked me a little bit in social media posts uh, around some of these topics were the people that were frustrated with all of the people moving to this valley yeah. and 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 somehow blaming those people for the lack of water and and development has zero to do yeah. with this shortage that we have. It, this is not an issue of people moving to Idaho and now we don't have water. The reality is we just don't have any bank. We have no right. snow and it hasn't been raining. And yeah. that's why we're short water, not because people are moving. Right. In. As you said, it's Mother Nature who decides these things. Right. And uh, we have to do with what we have. Right. And uh, we do the best that we can when we get that. So let's get into some of this, uh, some of this water conservation topic. Um, Joss, you uh, wrote an article for the Boise Flower and Garden Show, and, and uh, it's up on the website, the zamzos.com website currently. Uh, and, well, I guess we'll always be there. <laughs> You're right. Uh, but uh, I wanted to just kind of go through some of those points that you made in that article, um, starting with calibrating your, your water system. Uh, I was wondering if you could take a little bit of time and just kind of tell us what that means, how, how somebody goes about doing that. Well, uh the turf experts in Idaho uh, that that wrote literally wrote the University of Idaho's manual uh, for for water recommend one inch of water per week clear until the in, until May and the hard part is when you talk to a customer about that when you ask how much are they putting down how much water they always tell you time right and you know time is not a measure of volume and there are so many different variables from the size of the heads to the amount they overlow uh, overlap the, yeah. the time of day that they're watering if there's evaporation and so the reality is you've got to put some gauges in your system run your system and actually figure out at your house how much water comes out when you actually water and 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 you know that's that is a, a process that somebody has to do once you've done it uh, you, you've got this thing uh, uh, you've got the information and you can utilize it to adjust how much water through the season but this basic uh, the deal the calibration or we are calling it a water audit where they actually determine how many inches of water does my system put down per hour so that I know how much that is critical to watering the lawn enough to keep it healthy without wasting water right yeah and getting to that inch is kind of that that magic uh, volume and and you're right there's so many variables I mean when you talk uh, it's it's it is it's it's always difficult to talk to a customer uh, uh, not difficult and like I, I don't want to do this right. but uh, there's 
a language barrier almost in you know we're looking at a fan type sprinkler versus a gear driven mm-hmm. one and how those deliver water mm-hmm. differently um into a lot of people it's just the sprinklers come on right, right. and so uh, it's a and, and when you talk about the water audit kit get into that or the the water audit tell me a little bit more about kind of that that process you've got your uh we've you've got your uh it's a a cup or a yeah that, basically like a watering a measuring cup right the 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 kit it has four of these little gauges. They've got a spike on them, so they stick down in the ground. You spread those around in the, the particular zone that you're going to measure, and you run the water for like 15 minutes. Yeah. And then you physically go out and look at each one of the cups and see how many inches or, or quarter inch yeah. or whatever happens to be in 15 minutes. Right. Um, and that does the conversion for you. Yeah. You know, for years we told people to do this with tuna cans, but the reality is it, you need four, right. <laughs> and tuna cans aren't calibrated to inches. Right. So while they may give you some relative right. information, you know, this, this area is getting more water than that one, they can't help you convert. And the key thing in conservation is to only put down the right amount of water. Yeah. And and to do that, we need to convert it to inches. Yeah. Um, I was uh, just thinking about last uh, I, I did a, a YouTube video for our YouTube channel kind of trying to you know show people yeah. how to do it live you know not live but um, it, it is really amazing uh, kind of what happens when you put them out there and the things that you just discover um, that you never really realize because a lot of you know we we turn the sprinklers on and we go to work you know we don't see what's happening uh, but doing that taking that 15 minutes you know and it's it's a weekend project mm-hmm. it's something you want to do on a day off because you want to be there uh but just watching the sprinkler run and seeing how much water gets out there in that amount of time really opens your eyes to what's happening uh when you are watering your lawn it's become one of the most useful tools for us to diagnose all kinds of things and we'll get into it more from weeds to bugs to everything Uh, it's really a great place to start yeah absolutely okay we're going to go to a quick break we will be back here in the zamzo's garden show on kboi the zamzo's garden show will be back right here on news talk kboi Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, and 2023 marks Zamzo's 90th year in business. We've been selling seeds and helping folks grow their own food since 1933. And if you want to start seeds indoors, Zamzo's is the place to go for everything you need to do it right. That's because being successful at starting seeds indoors oftentimes comes down to having the right supplies. And in 2023, we've added a lot of new innovative products that make seed starting fun and easy. Like our new prepackaged kits that come with a state-of-the-art heat mat, a tray that holds 72 seedlings, and a two-inch mini greenhouse dome that holds in heat and moisture and keeps your seeds the perfect temperature all the time. And to make it easy to identify which seedlings are in which pots, Zamzo's now has color-coded pots. There are seven colors to choose from, including orange, yellow, magenta, and blue, just to name a few. Our seeds for 2023 are now in, so come get the seeds and supplies you need to do it right with help from us at Zamzo's. 13 stores to serve you, including CUNA across from the park. News talk doesn't have to be boring. Weekday mornings from 6 to 10. It's Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. All right, we are back on the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. This week we are doing a pre recorded show. 
And uh, we have with us Joss Zamzo in studio, in the Zamzo studio, uh, doing a little pre-record here. And we're talking about a topic that has uh, been on a lot of people's minds. A lot of people are reacting to it and uh, just seeing it. And I think uh, it's, it's, good, it's good awareness, I think, for the, the Treasure Valley to just uh, be aware of water conservation. Um, you know, it's something that we, we want to be cognizant of. It's something we all need to take part in. And uh, it's really important for the Treasure Valley. It's important for all of us to uh, keep, uh, be good stewards of the water that we uh, are able to use when we have it. And uh, in the last segment, we were talking a little bit about calibrating your your watering system, however that is, and uh, measuring the water that gets put out there. So next part I want to get into, this is a... Uh, an interesting term uh, that uh, you you put in the the article that you wrote that's on Z- at zamzos dot com, uh, but uh, you mentioned the your lawn's drought muscle, and uh, <laughs> I, uh, I it was uh, wanted you to like kind of explain a little bit about uh, what that is because. Uh, you know, when I think of muscle, I think, you know, it's something you work out and you're going to, mm-hmm. you know, pump it up. You're going to get it going. And uh, it's something that happens over time. You build that muscle right. up. And and uh, so, you know, we know soil doesn't have a physical muscle, but I think the, the terminology still rings. Right. True. Right. Uh, so, yeah. To explain that, that 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 idea, that drought muscle idea to us, Josh. So what, what I'm what I want pe- people uh have enough experience in gyms to understand that that it takes a little bit of stress to build a muscle Mm. you have to you know break down the tissue uh if you're if you're doing curls or whatever else if you just do the same weight all the time you can't build and and in the lawn as we're getting ready for a potential water shutoff early in the season what we want is to encourage the grass to send roots down yeah and when and the way that you do that is by drought stressing the grass and and what what a lot of people maybe uh don't understand about about wilt in a lawn is when grass is thirsty it will turn blue yeah it does not turn brown you know brown grass if you see grass suddenly brown it's definitely not water (laughs) Uh, and 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 especially in a drought we don't want people watering brown spots but we want to let that grass wilt and get that slaty blue color and that will signal the grass to send roots down then we're going to water deep and then stop watering uh, and and let that grass wilt again and that process of delay until the grass wilts will encourage roots to go down chasing the deeper water and then we're going to water deep so that there's water down there and we're going to do that over a period of time the 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 hard part is if the opposite thing is going on in your yard where you're basically making your lawn water addicted by watering really frequently like every day or every other day and for a short amount of time what you're doing is sending the message to the grass to put their roots up toward the surface and that also makes them more susceptible if the water does shut off and all those roots are shallow People in August could be facing complete lawn death, not just a lawn that goes quietly into dormancy. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, it's a great point. I think it's something that we tend to forget when it comes to the type of grass that we grow here in Idaho, being that they are cool season grasses, those perennial rise, the Kentucky uh, the fescues, they like to have deep roots. They are a deep rooted grass. They can go down two feet mm-hmm. into the soil. And I've often thought of it as that the soil is kind of like a, a big sponge and, and the, 
more you can the deeper you can get that sponge soaked down that's more water that's not it that's actually it's safe from evaporation pretty much at that point because right. it's below the point where evaporation would be a factor and uh we want to get that our grass access to that deeper water uh so yeah and that's really good so there's a couple of things that tend to happen uh uh for a lot of folks particularly and it happens throughout the entire valley but i think for a lot of folks in newer subdivisions or uh new developments uh they'll see a lot of uh water runoff this you know they'll they'll you know when i was in the stores of people would come and they say i water for you know even just 10 minutes and there's water running off into the street and obviously we don't want to do that that's uh, you know just blatant waste um but how can what do we do how do we help those customers the people that are seeing that situation where they water for even a short amount of time and the water's running out of the lawn and onto the sidewalk and and uh, not getting into the soil. So the, the key thing there is we need a penetrant. Uh, we need to apply a product that's going to help break down uh, that that the, the bonds in the clay that are going to allow that water to soak in. And then over time, as the roots go deeper, they're, they're creating fissures in that clay. The root itself makes a crack in the clay so that the water moves down that path easier next time. So so this is one of those things that we can really grow through. But in the short run, you really need to apply something that's going to help break that ionic bond and help release that clay a little bit to get get the water started moving down there. Um, we At Zamzo's, we have a product uh, called Peniturf that yeah. does a great job with that. Um, and and uh, and that's what we recommend doing in the short run. They people can't give up and just say, "Well, I can't water right. uh, long." They've got to do the steps so that they can get the roots started going down. Yeah, and that Peniturf is uh, such a, a tremendous product. I've used it a, a few times, uh, and it's got some good applications. I mean, not just if you you've got that issue of the water running off, but uh, you know a stressed uh, a lawn that's recovering from mm-hmm. that stress and doing those things. It's it just it helps. With with those issues as well. So, uh, what are some other uh, you know things that you can you might want to get into when it comes to uh, kind of enforcing that that penetration? Is there anything else that somebody can do to encourage that? I I this time of year, if they're doing it right now, they can do some core aeration. Yeah. But only if they're going to top dress with compost. Absolutely. I'm, I'm not yeah. a especially during a, a time when we're trying to conserve water just poking a bunch of holes in the ground um, probably has a measurable increase in evaporation of subsoil, right? So you've got to top dress and refill those holes with compost. That's going to help, again, break that clay. But the reality is the roots are going to do it 500 times more right. uh, because you think about the millions of little roots that are actually breaking through that clay and I really encourage people to do that but I, I think the, the big takeaway for building your drought muscle is this when the water, when you start watering, everybody's lawns are dry, we're going to give the grass a good drink of water now in the next week or 10 days and then turn off your automatic system do not run your automatic system yet and wait until your lawn wilts then manually turn it back on and run it again yeah 
and then turn it back off. And we're not going to turn, ideally, you won't turn your automatic sprinkler system on until at least the 15th of May. Yeah. Uh, and maybe even to Memorial Day, depending on what moisture happens. And that's how we're going to try to manually help increase the roots to go down so, so that we can build that drought muscle. Yeah. It's really amazing when you really start to pay attention to it, how how much how little the water you actually needed to put out there last year i was uh you know when we were dealing with some drought i kind of did the same thing i think you and i kind of had the same idea and really just tried to back off that water to like to the point where we were just trying to see how little can i actually mm-hmm. put out there mm-hmm. and it's pretty amazing like you i think by the end of the the summer i was still only watering at most twice a week right. and uh and even then it was uh i i probably could have taken it back even a little bit more. Okay, so that's uh, part two of our uh, water talk here. We're going to go to a quick break. We'll come back here in the Zamzo's Garden Show on KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Josh Zamzo, and in 2023, Zamzo's is celebrating 90 years in the lawn, garden, feed, and pet business. We're also celebrating a record number of people signing up for our Zamzo's Lawn Program. We'd like to think these new members have joined the Zamzo's Lawn Program because they want a healthy green lawn that's kid, pet, and environmentally friendly, plus a year-long program that includes five applications of biologically correct lawn food that'll give them the greenest lawn in the neighborhood for one low price. But we also know there are several other factors quickly moving folks to the Zamzo's Lawn Program. The large increase in cost in having a commercial lawn service come to your home has made many people decide it's time to hire themselves. Plus, Zamzo's customers are now able to sign up for the lawn program online at zamzos.com. However, to make everything go smoothly, we can only offer online sign-up until February 28th. So beat the rush and go to zamzos.com and sign up before the end of February and have the greenest lawn in the neighborhood, guaranteed, or we'll give you your money back. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. And we are back with part three of the Zamzo's Garden Show. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. This is a pre-recorded show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. I'm today uh, here today with Joss Zamzo uh, of the Zamzo family. Uh, you know, it's easy to tell that you're with the family because your name <laughs> is right, the same. Right, right. <laughs> I was uh, asking Callie, uh, do you ever say, do you ever say, hi, I'm Joss Zamzo's? <laughs> do you ever do that? No, I never, I never accidentally <laughs> put an S on it. I never accidentally. I get called Joe and a lot of others. <laughs> okay. Well, we got some serious stuff to talk about today. We're talking about watering. Before the break, we were talking about uh, a, a, good, a really fun story that Joss had about uh, when they were trying to fix the Hawk Stadium lawn and how you know your dad uh, had you lay down in the grass and had him turn the sprinklers on, which is a, a risky proposition. Like that's you know, yeah. it's like you know you feel like oh my gosh I'm gonna get soaked and, and my dad's gonna have a good laugh. But you know they did it and you were bone dry and didn't nothing happened. So there's a lot of instances like that in where you'll know you'll see that in the lawn and uh, there's you'll you'll notice a lot of times it's along the edges of the lawn. You'll see that happen a lot of times. I like to say when you're watering your lawn. Uh, you want it to overlap a little bit. You actually should see just a little bit of water hitting the sidewalk. Uh, and sometimes it's, it has to do with the soil that's underneath there, especially on a sidewalk or if it's right up next to a road. You might have some road mix that's uh, causing it to drain a little bit more. Uh, lots of different situations like that. And I think uh, what I tend to do uh, with, uh, with these is uh, I always have 
a, a really uh, sophisticated little device uh-huh. that I bring with me whenever I do a lawn call, and it's called a really long screwdriver. Right, <laughs> absolutely. And I've found that to be the like honestly, it's the most important tool. Like I don't when I go to lawn calls, I don't bring anything else. Like that's the only thing I do uh, because I can tell a lot from just how easy it is to push a screwdriver into your into your lawn, and it it, it just tells you a lot of things. If I can push that screwdriver all the way up to the handle, then I know there's definitely enough water. Now we got to figure out if it's too much water. But if I can't push that screwdriver in, then I know you don't have enough water. I, I think it's also uh, you know another. A secret weapon in the lawn call uh, repertoire is a shovel. Hey, right. uh, you know, people sometimes are afraid to to take a shovel and cut down, yeah. and pull that sod back and look underneath at the at the dirt. We've, right. Over the years, uh, you know, you, people don't they're worried. You know, if I cut uh, on three sides and kind of lay that back, most of the time you can you can look at the soil underneath and then flop it right, right. back over, and it never even turns brown around yeah, the edges. Right. So so that's a great way to know what's under there because that road mix uh, that hyper drainage scenario is a real common problem we've had them even at, at my house when i was a kid we had one spot that just the, the the grass did not do well and and dad thought it might be a hyper drainage scenario and so he decided he was going to cut a section out of the turf and look mm-hmm. and when he jumped up on the shovel about two inches down he hit a sidewalk <laughs> So we were on the bench, and we again, I mentioned we had flood irrigating. So yeah. over the, the many uh, 40 years or whatever this yeah. house had been there, the, the grass and the dirt had covered up the old sidewalk. Yeah. The rest of it had been removed, but there was like a three-by-three three chunk of sidewalk, so and that's why that grass wouldn't do well. Yeah. So we had to get that out of there. But you would learn, even if it was road mix or an old sidewalk or, right. or a piece of wood or any number of things that could be under there, don't be afraid to cut a chunk out and pull it back and look yeah. and see what's there. Yeah, that's... I think that's very empowering just to think you're not going to ruin it. You know, right. you're going to be able to we're, we're, we're in the process of fixing it. And that's totally fine. So let's get into some of the things that you want uh, like just the how we, how should we be watering our lawn? I like to think about I, I talk about it constantly. Uh, it, watering is a moving target. It's not one that you I, I don't feel like there's a set it and forget it option when it comes to watering. Um, you, you know, maybe if you have if you're dragging hoses, you're going to set it down and forget about it for an hour and come back. But if you've got like a sprinkler clock, uh, something, you know, a programmed clock, uh, you're going to y- it's going to be something you change on a consistent basis. There are times during the year where I'll probably change my settings on my sprinkler clock two or three times during the week because I just see things that are, that are happening. You know, this spot needs a little bit more. This spot needs a little bit less. And and you start to kind of start to dial it in. And I think that's kind of the mindset you want to be in when you're thinking about watering is not one time. It's going to be a consistent thing. And after after some time, you're going to start to get that pattern and how to change it and when to change it and what to do. So let's just start with that every day. Right. Why? Why would somebody be watering every day? I typically see it in a certain situation, but I want to hear, you know, kind of what you you how you see that happening. Right. Well, the only scenarios that I that 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 would work would be a if you had brand new seed. Yeah. 
So you have brand new grass seedlings and they have a very small root and they, you know, they just don't have access to deeper ground. The other one is when you're trying to get your new sod right. uh, to get established yeah. and you gotta, you, they don't have any roots established. And the third one might be if you're in pure sand right down on the river, mm-hmm. you're in sand that's on top of river rock right. and, uh, and the ground just won't hold water, that would be the other one. But those are really the only scenarios. And I would add to, to your discussion about being flexible, air on the side of too dry. Yeah. And people, they think that uh, that that's uh, the worst of the two options. If in doubt, water too much. And I, what I'm saying to people is, if in doubt, water not enough. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to find that the grass, uh, when, when the most common thing people do is they come in with dry spots or brown spots. It's almost never water. Right. It's almost always a bill bug or a chinch bug or ascochita leaf blight or something else that's uh, that's the the underlying cause of that brown grass because when grass gets thirsty, it actually wilts. Mm-hmm. It looks a little bit wilted and it gets a little bit of a slaty blue color to right. it. It will tell you when it's thirsty. Yeah, and we want that, Nolan. We're trying to get to a point where we wilt our grass a little bit because that slight little bit of drought stress will actually encourage the roots of the grass to go down. Right. Looking for more water, which if they will go down, remember we mentioned in the soil, this heavy clay will hold water down deeper. And so if we water less frequently, but for a longer amount of time, the water will be down. And as the grass starts to get a little bit drought stressed, the roots will go down to find it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's in, in, in a lot of people have a hard time getting to that point where they think I have to water and you might have to water a lot every day or even a little bit every day initially because you've been doing it for so long. But the point is you want to start changing. You got to start changing a little bit every day and kind of condition your lawn to get to that point because the types of grass we grow here are cool season grasses and they have a very deep extensive root system they want to grow down into the soil i think perennial ryegrass can have roots going down two feet into the soil same with uh creeping red fescue two to three feet these are grasses that are designed to drink from a deep uh level of the soil and go for a long time without a lot of water so they're they're actually designed for that more than they are for too much. These aren't the types of grasses that really want to be wet all the time. They want to dry out. I'm going to recommend that people water one time per week in the spring, twice during the summer. Oh so if you want to okay. know what I'm talking about, stay tuned. All we'll right. get back to you. This is a you. big claim from Josh Samzo. Come back to the last segment here of the Samzo's Guard Show. This is a pre-recorded show. We're going to come back. We're going to figure out what Josh is talking about here on the Samzo's Garden Show on KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Josh Zamzo, and if you have an exotic pet that eats live food, Zamzo's is your pet supermarket superstore. Big box pet stores don't carry all types of live food, only frozen. But in the wild, your pet snake, lizard, tarantula, or classroom frog eats and prefers live food to stay healthy and happy. At the Zamzu, our in-store pet rooms at all 13 Zamzos, we sell a huge variety of insects that are food for other animals people keep as pets. In fact, in 2022 alone, we sold over 1.2 million 
million crickets. And where else can you find black soldier and blue bottle fly larvae that tree frogs, leopard geckos, and bearded dragons love? Hedgehogs and lizards love dubia roaches. Rodents, backyard chickens, and lizards love mealworms. We even carry night crawlers for axolotls and turtles. So when your exotic pet asks what's for dinner, make it something nutritious and yummy from the Zamzu, your pet supermarket superstore inside all 13 Zamzus. Nobody knows like Zamzus. Nate Shellman, live, weekday afternoons from 3 to 7 on News Talk KBOI. All right, we are back for part four of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. Today with me is Joss Samzo. This is a pre-recorded show. We are talking about watering. And before uh, we went into this break, Joss had a pretty, uh, what would seem like an outrageous claim, that you can get by with watering your lawn just one time a week. And that goes contrary to what we hear all the time. People think you got to water this, 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 this. Uh, but Joss, uh, let, get... Tell me how how is this possible? What do you tell me what you're going to do? All right. Well, remember earlier in the store sto- uh, show, we kind of tickled this concept that it wasn't about the number of times; it's yeah. about the amount of water, and we're talking about inches of water that you put down on the ground per week. Right. And and even back to the old sprinkler, the old uh, flood irrigating concept, or or dragging the hoses when when you water really deep and then not as frequently, just because that was. That was the the best way. The ground surface dries out. We're pushing the water deep, which the roots will chase. Yeah. And then the roots will actually, there's actually water that will stay down there without evaporating. Yeah. We get more value for less. Yeah. I always think of it as like a sponge. You, the, the deeper you can soak the sponge, the more water you're actually getting because it's coming you've got a bigger volume that you're working with right and it makes the grass just that much healthier for a longer amount of time and if you take that take that same concept if you water all the time right every single day the roots of the plant will actually curl and come up toward the surface <laughs> yeah. and then you create thatch and all kinds of things and it's one of the the when you know a lot of times when we talk about thatch people are saying well you know it's it's compacted soil or some other things sometimes it's again watering improperly because the roots stay shallow because the water never goes deep. Right. It's bone dry down there four inches, so the roots stay shallow, which adds to a thatch problem. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's do this. Um, it's going to be we're going to be having our sprinklers getting turned on here in just a couple of weeks. Uh, what's the first thing you're going to do for your lawn watering schedule? How are you going to do it? What's the first thing you're going to do? once your sprinklers get turned on here in just a few weeks. So I always go through stage by stage. I go in, I turn on the sprinkler system. There's usually a box for pressurized irrigation or or whatever. There's a box where you turn the water on. And once the water is going, uh, you, you test each station to make sure that nothing got broken in the middle right. of the winter, that they, you know, there wasn't a pipe that broke or somebody hit one with a lawnmower or, or uh, trick-or-treaters broke something. <laughs> and so you fix any of those type of things and make sure you're getting even coverage right. and then turn that thing off. Yeah, We don't need a sprinkler system in Idaho in April. We yeah. just don't. 
Right, because we've got rain, we've got dew, we've got frost. Those sorts of things contribute to the little amount of water that the grass needs that time of year. And the demand on the grass is such that it's still cool. It doesn't need to transpire a lot of water. So we don't need that much for it at that time. So, okay, that's how we're going to start our spring. Now we get into, we start to get to May, we start to get to June. What are you starting to look for before you turn that sprinkler on? So I'm looking for that grass to begin to look a little wilty. Yeah. Uh, and so when I, and when we mentioned it can get a silvery or a slaty color and it starts mm-hmm. to look uh, wilty. And if you go over, the ground is bone dry. You can see the ground is dry and it's wilty. The beauty is if you put water on grass that's thirsty, within four or five hours, it has come back a hundred percent and you will know that's exactly what it was. Right. If it stays brown, you can say, oh, mm. yeah, that's not water. Right. That's because typically what customers would do is, well, I'm going to add an extra day or three days or start watering every single day. Right. Uh, and then by the time they come into us, we've got a problem. We have to use a chemical solution. Right. So I'm going to put my water on when I start to see that slaty blue and I'm going to pick one day. Yeah. And I probably at the very beginning stages, I might water for 30 minutes per station. Yeah. Uh, for mine, but how much water do you put out per uh, per fifteen minutes or or thirty minutes is really important here. And in the past, I've probably told a thousand customers <laughs> what you need to do is get yeah, a straight sided yeah, yeah. can like a tuna can, right. and you go out and you put it in. Uh, and I realized this last fall how crazy that was. <laughs> I know, that, right? <laughs> no customers were leaving Zamzos and going home and making a tuna sandwich. Or the ones that did, they only had one tuna sandwich, right. so they'd put the one can out. Yeah. And, and then you would measure how many inches of water in the tuna fish can. Uh, so, so this year what we've created, and they'll be ready within uh, the next week or 10 days, what we're calling a water audit kit. Yeah. And the water audit kit will include four little water gauges, and they have a spike on the bottom. You place these in, for example, space them around in zone one, and you're going to turn the sprinkler on for 15 minutes. Yeah. And then when the 15 minutes is up, you go out and you pour all four of the cups together, and you see how it actually has an inch measure on there. Uh, and, and we're going to start for in the beginning of the season, we're going to put down one inch of water per week in one application. Right. And if the grass at the end of the week, let's say we get towards Mother's Day or Memorial Day, if it starts to look silvery or wilty, instead of adding a second day, we're going to go to 45 minutes mm-hmm. once. Right. And through that spring, by keeping the surface dry and watering deep, the roots are going to follow. Mm. Uh, the, the one exception to this rule is sometimes in Idaho we get 100 degrees with a 10-knot wind and a 10% humidity. And it seems to last forever. Right. And when that <laughs> happens, we could go twice. Yeah. But we're going to pull it back. So if we were doing 45 minutes or an hour one time per week and we still can't get to the to the next session without it wilting hard then we're going to go to two but we're going to we're going to uh pull it back pull it back bit. slightly so if we were doing 45 minutes maybe we would do uh, uh 45 minutes twice mm-hmm. spaced like four days apart yeah and watch 
and see what happens. Uh, it may also be, again, if you're down on the river and you're in pure sand, you're going to have to probably right. water more than that. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, so those isolated cases. But for 90% of this valley, we're going to do two in the hottest part of the summer. Maybe if it's 110 we would do three, but never more yeah. than three. We're going to do long, and we're going to let that ground dry out. Right. And I think uh, for a lot of people hearing that, they're going to be, there's no way. And I think what the, the biggest thing here is you've got to, you've got to, it, it will work. You've got to start doing it, though. Right. You can't do it just halfway. You've got to start doing it. And this year is a great year to start because you're starting fresh. You're gonna you're waiting for your sprinklers to turn on and you can start doing it now. And with that and proper fertilization, you're gonna be able to start to get the grass to go that direction and do these things and you'll condition it so that in the long term you're gonna use way less water. You're going to use way less chemical bug and disease controls. You're going to have fewer weeds because the grass is just going to be healthier. It's going to do better. And in the long term, it's going to be better for everybody. Now, all these directions are going to be in the water audit kit. Yeah. So when we get close, and we don't need them yet, the water's not on. But when the water comes, by the time April 15th is here and the water's on, we're going to have water audit kits. You can do water audits two or three or four times during the season and just monitor your system to, to figure out where we're at. Uh, and all the directions are going to be in the kit itself. So you don't have yeah. to go back and, and re-listen to this radio program to understand <laughs> yeah, how to that's, do it. That's awesome. It's going to be a great resource for everybody this year. I, Joss, I appreciate you coming in and doing this pre-recorded show with me. It's one I've been wanting to do for a while. I'm glad you were here to do that. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We will talk to you soon here in the Zamzo's Garden Show on KBOI. Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, and 2023 marks Zamzo's 90th year in business. We've been selling seeds and helping folks grow their own food since 1933. And if you want to start seeds indoors, Zamzo's is the place to go for everything you need to do it right. That's because being successful at starting seeds indoors oftentimes comes down to having the right supplies. And in 2023, we've added a lot of new innovative products that make seed starting fun and easy. Like our new prepackaged kits that come with a state-of-the-art heat mat, a tray that holds 72 seedlings, and a 2-inch mini greenhouse dome that holds in heat and moisture and keeps your seeds the perfect temperature all the time. And to make it easy to identify which seedlings are in which pots, Zamzo's now has color-coded pots. There are seven colors to choose from, including orange, yellow, magenta, and blue, just to name a few. Our seeds for 2023 are now in, so come get the seeds and supplies you need to do it right with help from us at Zamzo's. 13 stores to serve you, including CUNA across from the park.